Have you guys heard of Beam? Stop whatever you're doing and listen to this. Beam is a CBD company that's making waves in the wellness industry by offering products that combine THC-free CBD with other high-quality ingredients. It was founded by two ex-professional athletes with the idea that everyone should have the chance to experience what better feels like. Whether you're sore or stressed, CBD can be a key to recovery and self-care. The Dream Drink is a bedtime blend of sleep-enhancing vitamins, minerals, nano-CBD, and more. When mixed with warm milk or hot water, it makes a guilt-free, sleep-inducing, delicious cup of cocoa without any calories or added sugar. Try Dream today with a special offer for all our fans. Visit beamtlc.com and use the promo code KIXOLOGY for 15% off. That's B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com with the code KIXOLOGY for 15% off your next order. Beam partners with many elite runners, including Sarah Hall, Alexi Pappas, Dominique Scott, Gwen Jorgensen, Colleen Quigley, Molly Seidel, and Emily Infield. Welcome to the Kixology Podcast, a show all about running shoes. My name is Brian Metzler, your host and resident running shoe geek. I've run in more than 1,500 pairs of shoes since the late 1980s, and I'm also the author of Kixology, the hype, science, culture, and cool of running shoes. In this episode, I welcome Dave Dombro and Kevin Fallon to the show. For the past year or so, they've been the two running shoe geeks behind the YouTube web series Speed Hack, a show in which they morph together a variety of running shoes and other footwear to create unique new kicks. Today, we're going to pull back the curtain and talk all about the launch of their new brand called Speedland. Once you hear about what they've done and why their trail running shoes cost $375, you'll be fascinated. Okay, kick back and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Hey, good hey. to be here. Thanks for having us. <laughs> so uh, in this podcast, I like to talk to a lot of people that are as geeked about running shoes as I am. And uh, certainly uh, you guys, uh, Dave and Kevin, obviously I've known you in the industry and everything else and had conversations when you were at certain brands. And certainly I've followed your your kind of uh, what, you, what you had publicly going on for the last year or so. Um, but super excited to have you guys here to talk about... Uh, Trail Running Shoes, uh, your new launch, which we'll get to in a second, um, and, and also kind of the general state of footwear. But uh, certainly, I mean, like you guys are, are true and true footwear geeks, right? I mean, that's why we're all here, right? I mean, it's like oh, yeah. it's, it's in your blood, right? 100%. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's something about the, you know, it's like, I don't know, people that understand it, understand it. And there's probably a lot of other weird things or fetishes or whatever that people get into. But like, <laughs> for me, like running shoes is one of those things as a kid that I just like, I totally dug. And maybe because I was a, a good runner back in the day, I was like, oh, I like these shoes. And, but I think that, uh, I think people in the industry though, because we know the industry is, is although huge, it's fairly small and it seems to, seems to have a lot of, uh, kind of cool connections with people that, uh, you know, bounce from different companies or find different opportunities. And it seems like that's what brought you guys together. I mean, uh, maybe talk about like kind of how you guys uh, got your zest and, and kind of your connection about uh, about running shoes. Sure. You, you want to start? You well, wanna... yeah. I mean, <laughs> Dave and I met back in 2000 uh, at Nike. We were both working in Nike basketball footwear. Dave was in inline design. I was working on advanced concepts. And so we met and had to work cl pretty closely at that point. Um, but we were both pretty young and right out of school, more or less. And, uh, you know, Nike basketball was a pretty interesting place to, you know, learn a whole bunch of stuff about shoes, about the industry in general. Um, we both found ourselves at Puma later on. And we worked together across uh, the ocean there. I was in the Herzo office uh, managing the design team and Dave was in Boston managing the design team there. So we worked closely covering creative directions and design camps and, you know, the whole process sort of end to end. So we learned to work really closely, even though we were far apart. And then when the opportunity came up to go to Under Armour, we realized we were both considering going there, uh, but for different roles. Uh, I was leaning on the innovation side and Dave more toward the inline side. And I think both of us considering going to this new footwear company, it helped our confidence a little bit to, to know that you'd have a partner there, somebody you'd worked with and knew and could trust uh, on the other side of things. So that's kind of a, a quick nutshell. And, you know, leaving Under Armour, you know, for, for a variety of reasons, I think we both just felt like, hey, this is our chance. Everything we've done up to this point is leading toward something different 
you know, and if we don't take that chance now, we, we might not do it. So, uh, you know, we, we decided to do this new venture. Um, and we'll get into that, uh, but first yeah. we'll talk about your most previous venture, which I think Dave, last time I talked to you was last year, uh, about some other footwear kind of concepts. I knew you had left, uh, Under Armour and then all of a sudden you guys launch uh speed hack, which is a really cool, uh, mm-hmm. running shoe mashup show on YouTube that, uh, has taken, I think, uh, some soccer shoes and turned them into a trail running shoes and taken a, you know, carbon fiber racing flat turned into a mountain bike shoe and even i think the best one was the and maybe most appropriate is the courser you know super high-end super elite i think you guys call it hyperlux uh mm-hmm. running shoe with you know my buddies at treyu which is you know that basic simple reliable um running shoe out of austin texas and but but you're 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 using all your skills your passion your your you know design abilities and creating these new shoes which i'm like ah it's genius right and uh <laughs> it's, at the same time you know you're you're nobody's you're, ever said that ahead. before by the we'll way we'll take it we'll take it <laughs> I, I mean that loosely but uh yeah. uh in, in your you're in your workshop right now that you've done uh obviously mm-hmm. the youtube show but all along obviously you guys were working on something different something something else and, and maybe in that same lab space right there but uh so as of uh, June fifteenth, which is depending on when you're listening to this, uh, yeah. people out there in TV land, uh, you're <laughs> launching a brand called Speedland, um, and I've seen the previews of it. Uh, it's an innovative trail running shoe concept that I think you guys call equipment, not footwear. Um, what the Correct. heck is Speedland? Yeah, well, kind of you, you just touched on it in a in a you know macro way here. It's think of uh, you know hyper performance. So as high performance as you can be, which then takes you into equipment rather than shoes. Um, And you start to look at, you know, comparable gear um, instead of shoes as well. So then you put it in the context of, say, skis or ski boots or mountain bikes or, you know, in that in that frame of mind. So that's really how we approached it. And, And I guess on a very macro level and we can get into the details, but if you could just build the best of the best of the best and not compromise on at any turn. Um, that's what Speedland's all about. And there isn't really anything out there like that in the trail world um, that was built with that kind of context in mind, this no compromise approach. And that means partnering with, you know, the best partners in the world on things. Um, it just means, you know, not cutting any corners at any any point at all. So... That's on a very macro level. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 like, I, I like that a lot. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think our experience in the industry showed us that, you know, there's, there's, these are commodity, they've become commodity products when you talk about footwear in, in the sense that they're all developed to a price point and, you know, it's got to hit a certain volume and it's going through certain distributions. And we just kind of wanted to take off all of those shackles really and say, let's focus on the athlete. And what we're seeing in trail running today is, you know, un- unbelievable, but pushing the edges of human performance for sure, where a marathon used to kind of represent the pinnacle. Now it's, you know, hundred Ks and hundred milers and, and, and beyond. And we just saw the opportunity that the footwear isn't, is, you know, commodity footwear doesn't belong in that conversation. Right. What belongs right. in that conversation is equipment for these athletes that they can rely on in a way that they just haven't had an opportunity. So that's, that's what we that's, hope to, yeah. hope to redefine that space a little bit. And, and, I think, you know, transparently, we also saw that the industry was being pushed in road running, but not in trail running. Yeah, and absolutely. we just thought, we just thought that's interesting. You know, all the R&D is going into road running. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're like, wait a minute, you know, our passion was in the trail space. Let's put it, let's put that, uh, you know, all the R&D into to trail. So there you go. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think not only R&D, but I think in terms of even like marketing dollars, certainly there's been a lot of great advancements with carbon plated shoes and marathoning. And we've seen marathon times get faster for maybe a lot of reasons. But I think that there's there's still a growth buzz among the among the rest of us, right, that are it's in trail running. Right. And there's there's uh, all these brands are using the visuals of trail running. And, you know, we all know the escape of trail running. But but obviously the performance aspect of trail is also front and center as well, as you guys said. I mean, I certainly think that like what I consider the internationalization of trail running happened, maybe started in the early 2000s, maybe the start of UTMB, but also a lot of other kind of circuits and series. And, you know, that's when you started seeing more international runners come to Western states and and hard rock. And certainly it's been good for the whole sport. I think you're right, though. I think that, um, you know, for years, 
maybe at the elite end, um, athletes were always modifying their own shoes because there wasn't maybe a specific shoe for performance, right? I mean, I think that I remember Matt Carpenter back in the day would be taking road running flats and cutting holes and this and that and everything else and putting super glue on stuff and like because he wanted it to match the Pikes Peak Trail, right? And, and he's an extreme example, but I think that at some level, um, trails are so unique to a course or to, you know, how you run that, that uh, the stuff that was sold at REI and, and great product and, and certainly advancements there, but like not necessarily performance oriented, uh, maybe in a few cases and certainly some brands are working on it. But it seems like uh, with what you're doing, it seems like it's addressing some of that right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what we're doing is we're you know, kind of tailoring to specific regions, specific trails, specific conditions, but we're really doing that in a way, um, you know, there's other industries that do that. We liken it to, you know, say F1 where they tune the tires to the, you know, specific track, um, condition of the race. We're doing kind of the exact same thing, but on the trail, um, and partnering with the athlete to really get that insight, uh, to, to dial it in exactly. So. Yeah, you're right. The trail, every trail is different every day. That trail is going to be a little different and the ability to adjust your shoe accordingly, uh, we thought would be uh, an interesting proposition. And the feedback we're getting from the athletes so far is validating that they're, they're really digging. And we know it's not a mass market play, right? This is kind of niche of the niche, but there's real problems there to solve. And that's the kind of stuff that really gets us geeked out. Yeah. And it really might make the difference between, you know, doing really well or winning a race or not <laughs> right right no no i get it i mean like and again you know plenty of athletes have done their own mods in, in all sports right mm-hmm. and i think that that's that's you know super intuitive and super cool and super authentic and uh so the ability to uh you know consider that relative to trails and i think your point is is good that i mean like trails in different regions are so different right and i'm in colorado yep. and in Aside from the runoff season, it's everything's mostly dry and sandy and, and, and hard rock and everything else. But I know in the, in the Northwest uh, or New England, there's a lot more, you know, wet and sloppy around and stuff like that. So those things obviously apply to those runners, but also to those races in those regions. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So and, we, and we want to celebrate that. You know, I think each of those regions kind of have their local athletes who become, you know, the heroes of that region. They know the trails, they know how to run them and. They know what they would like to do with the products is what we're finding. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of really exciting to be able to deliver a platform that allows them to do some of that stuff and, and celebrate where they come from and, you know, let, let the whole area be a part of it. Absolutely. And so, you know, you mentioned it's not a mass market thing. Let's, let's put it out there. Obviously it's a, it's a the <laughs> first product, which is Speedland or SL PDX, which is for Portland, right? It's yeah. got a pretty, pretty lofty price tag, right? $375. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. so, so no, it's not going to be a mass market thing, although it's not too far off, obviously the elite and marathon shoes right now. And <laughs> 10 years ago, people would have said you're nuts, but, but right now it's like, okay, people spend a lot of money on some of the sports we've talked about, mountain bikes and triathlon mm-hmm. gear and, and uh, skis and everything else. And so yeah. I think the two things have happened. One, I think the evolution of footwear is such that uh, obviously there's more technical development into it. Um, and, and maybe this is obviously because it's not mass market, there's a lot of that. But also I think that the the appetite for understanding how important uh, your gear is in trail running um, and running in general has, has taken a, a step forward. And, you know, certainly you can say, okay, right away, well, if you're going to run a marathon right now, you have to have a carbon fiber plated shoe, which is going to cost you 200 to $250, right? This is something totally different than that. And we can get into the specifics, but I guess talk about that with coming out with this Here's your new your new launch, your product, and it's 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 pretty uh, potentially uh, elitist. They're exclusive, but not for the right not not for that athlete, right? For that person who understands it, and gets it, they'll love it, right? Yeah, they will. And I mean, I, I transparently I say the 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 price <laughs> is a direct result of what we're putting into it. Sure. So it's it's really you know an aggregation of what we put into it is why it costs what it costs. And I think when you partner. With kind of the the best of the best at every turn, whether it's um, and we can look at it maybe through function, whether it's uh, traction or fit or propulsion or cushion, um, whatever those those functional attributes are, in order to do the best of the best at every turn, you're you're you know using some exotic um, materials in different ways, and ultimately it's just it costs what it costs when you build something like that, and it's quite frankly why. 
things have not been built like this because it does take you to that price. And then everybody says, oh, no, you know, this doesn't go after the mass market. And, you know, luckily for us, that was never our goal. Our goal was simply just to not compromise and build the best. Yeah. And I think that um, certainly innovation at some level, uh, you know, costs money. Uh, innovation leads to, to higher end products that are specifically kind of in, you know, tuned for something. Um, but, but also, I think that, you know, we see innovation come down the line to some extent and it gets watered down. And so there's, I guess, different ways to look at it, certainly. And like certainly starting with a top premium product uh, certainly puts your your brand on the map, obviously, at that level. And with with what the materials that seem to be involved and or the innovations, uh, which we'll get into here in a second, it seems like uh, obviously you're really kind of this is this is a pretty good flag to wave so far. Right. Like Here's what we're doing. And it's like nothing else out there. So it seems like that's that's a pretty good way to start a new brand. I'm it's the only way to start a brand i think you need to stand for something and you've got to have a crystal clear point of view and so win or lose i think we've got that you know we believe we're doing something that matters and we know there's nothing else like it and you know we'll see how how big the thing can get but you know we are taking that no compromise approach because you know nobody else is and we think that it it's going to matter to these athletes. You know, there, there might not be a million of them, but there's, we think enough to, to make a good business and we're going to, we're going to find out. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a process, you know, we're not coming out saying it's perfect, but it's certainly better and uh, than anything else out there, we believe. And, and we're going to, you know, give everything we got to keep going and making it better and better using our athletes you know, the conversations, the relationships we have with them and the texting we do with them is like invaluable R&D for us. And, you know, we're just continuing that process on a, on a daily basis of making it even better. Absolutely. Um, I'm intrigued, not just because I'm a running shoe geek, but because I'm a trail runner. And uh, <laughs> I, I just saw some of the, the kind of the pre, pre-release uh, photos and the video and everything else. And so from what I could tell, I mean, obviously there's looks like a, a double BOA fit system, which I'm a huge fan of BOA. I think that I've had I've had uh, bow systems on shoes um, and the same shoe without, and it's it's night and day difference. I mean, like they've really kind of advanced what they're doing. So there's that. It looks like um, obviously mm-hmm. uh, in the video you're talking about, like you can adjust um, the ride via plate or remove the plate. Uh, you can uh, change the traction. I mean, it seems like all these things are like things that we've either never heard of or they're based off of mods you guys have done in speed hack or like you know like or just partially yeah a little bit of that yeah there was intuitive things that like we all think on the trail like oh if i only had shorter lugs right now right um i guess maybe take me through the product what it all is uh you know and and, and some of the innovations you're putting into it sure yeah maybe we just go kind of piece by piece work that's how we kind of uh, usually talk to it you know with uh with our athletes so you know let's start with the bottom and the bottom is um, a really key part of the, I would say, the the entire SLPDX. And that's because uh, we partnered with Michelin on it. And it kind of is our chassis. It, it wraps up a little bit. If you, you know, you saw the, the picture and it, it, it kind of acts as a, as a kind of the whole chassis for the whole, the whole product. And what it is, is it, it's a textile web, so you can get it really, really, really light. Um, it is rubber, but it has a textile web. So the web itself is, you know, gets down to about 1.2 millimeters. And then the lugs themselves, um, we looked at mountain bike tires and they have this cuttable lug uh, system that we we found. And so with, with the cuttable lugs, you're able to actually trim each lug uh, three millimeters shorter if you want. Oh, wow. That's cool. And, uh, so that creates a huge difference, right? If you're on a, a dry California trail and that's where you typically run, you, you probably trim those lugs and always have them trim. But if you're, um, somewhere that's, uh, let's say a little muddier, sloppier, you probably always keep them long. Um, so it really lets the athlete tune to the region where they live. You can actually trim the drainage as well. Oh, cool. Um, so if you know, you find you're running, somewhere that, you know, you have rivers and you need the, you need it to drain, uh, you can do that as well. So it really gives you a lot of options, but it all goes back to the land that you run typically, or a race. If you're, you know, if you're an elite and you're running a specific course and you're going to, you know, you know what you exactly to expect, um, you, you can customize it exactly for that, uh, setup. So let's, uh, we'll move on to the next piece. Yeah. Um, so within the chassis, we have a lower midsole that sits between the upper 
Nia outsole, and it's a it's a high rebound EVA, and it basically allows some deflection of the lugs, a little bit of okay. uh, cushioning, um, conformability, and uh, ultimately, you know, it's a hidden piece, but it's a small kind of important piece within the layering. We've got a recess back here that allows the upper midsole to sit and register within that, so there's there's no translation within that. But dividing two midsoles also gives us the ability to tweak them separately. So we've been playing with hardness and rebound qualities in order to get just that right ride for the trail. Um, so where do we go next? Upper? Uh, yeah, I would say I would say no. Nah, maybe maybe we'll keep on. We'll stay on cushioning. So the the cushioning the main cushioning piece is a drop in and it's P backs. Okay. Um, but it's a little different P backs formulation than what you see on the road shoes <laughs> from other. It's uh, definitely um, much much more durable. Um, and then carbon plate actually registers into the bottom of that. And what's really cool about the carbon plate, there's a few cool things. One, it's removable. You can take it in and out. So you can change the hardness of the carbon plate and customize how much uh, stiffness you want there. But the other cool thing is we partnered with Carbitex on it. And what's cool about Carbitex um, is they make a plate that basically it's very stiff in one direction and it's very flexible in the opposite direction. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so you which can, is theory, very pull them out, theory, switch, switch switch feet, right, to make it uh, softer, or firmer. <laughs> you, 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 in theory, you could. So what's really cool about, I mean, is is it sets itself up really well for the trail, right? So you can get the propulsion you need, but you can get the feel you need in the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's really tuned for the trail. Um, but again, even on this piece, you can go stiffer if you want. Um, uh, so you, a lot of customization going on there, or you can remove it all together and just get maximum, uh, feel, you know, yeah. if, if you just don't want to have any carbon plate at all, although the carbon plate does a lot, a lot for you in different ways, um, regarding protection and stuff. So mm -hmm. we don't necessarily recommend that, but you can, <laughs> if you want. Yeah. Um, and then maybe let's talk about the upper, you want to talk about upper. that? Yep. So we, uh, have a couple of things. We, one, we use two of the li2 reels from from boa um normally that is a super high-end reel that you'll find on like the specialized s works type yep. of product um you know i think that's something that some people don't realize that boa actually has different tiers of in terms of their product um, they're all very high quality um, but the li2 is really sort of next level in that it allows you to control the fit by rotating forward to tighten and you can rotate backwards in the same increments to loosen and then you can pull it to, to fully release it and it's doing that with the soft lace the dyneema lace instead of a coated wire yep. which also allows us to then use the soft uh, guides as well so you know the the ability to adjust midfoot forefoot fit separate from the heel fit in precision increments and um, to do it with, you know, the help of BOA, in other words, where we put the straps and how we located the reels, we use, we use their resources at their fit lab. It was a great collaboration to really find a, you know, a three strap system that really works well. And then we used a Dyneema knit in, in the upper. So Dyneema is, you know, super strong material. And, you know, we just want the shoe to, to last as long as a shoe of this quality should, you know, so part of Kind of the mantra is let's let's make it higher quality and last longer as well. So we know these are harsh environments, materials like Dyneema that just have the highest abrasion resistance of anything we've seen and just make sure that no knit's going to fail. We're not going to have any issues with that kind of stuff. And that was, you know, the same reason for choosing the BOA and the materials that we did throughout the upper. So um, that, you know, put all together. You know, we, we stitched the upper to our chassis in a unique way. It uses a moccasin stitch. That, again, is a Dyneema thread. Oh, yeah, so yeah. super yeah. abrasion resistant, which, you know, makes sure that there's no way that that outsole is ever coming off. You know, it's another kind of sign of that quality and durability. And, um, you know, the drop-in midsole allows us, as Dave said, to customize not only the plate, but I think for um, we can control the durometer of that drop-in midsole. For our athletes, if they have a specific request, um, they need something firmer or softer, you know, and eventually maybe we can do that at, at retail too. Yeah. So, we, you know, the chassis gives us a lot of flexibility, a lot of levers to, to turn. Uh, we know there's probably a fair amount of athletes who will get the shoe and, and wear it as is, and that's great. 
but for you know those that want to get into that level of tuning and geeking out it's, it's certainly there and and we'll work with our athletes and and anybody who buys the shoe you know we want that feedback uh to to know where to go with the next you know offerings yeah i love all that and just looking at it i mean like you know again starting from the boa closure point of view or the boa fit point of view i mean i, I know that like again there's so many shoes trail running shoes that um i've run off the side of it right and like the terrain is always changing until you're rolling your foot um, based on terrain or based on where you land or whether you're ascending or descending. And I think that first and foremost, it seems like, you know, one of the goals here is obviously to keep that shoe, keep it, you know, just almost a piece of your foot. Right. And I think that's what yeah. trail running is always missed. I mean, like trail running shoes again have evolved, but I think that because so many people have different foot shapes or, or, or gait styles or again, ground, uh, you know, terrain kind of uh, differences. I mean, it, it seems like that's the one thing that most shoes haven't addressed. I mean, like at any given time on a long run, I'm always going to hit something and like, you know, slide to the front or like just roll sideways. Uh, even yesterday, I was in a pair of shoes I love and I, I just kind of randomly kind of rolled a little bit and I also done some on the side of my shoe. But it seems like it seems like one of the goals here is fit first. I mean, and I like in, in fit specifically for that runner. I mean, I, I think that, that that's what I, I can see based on so far. Yeah, I mean, th- think... Even to go, I mean, a step further on that is with a lot of our um, ultra athletes that we're testing with is they, they want different fit at different stages of, say, that 100 miler, right? Yep. So, you know, they're going to crank it down, say, on a downhill, um, you know, descent or something that they really need what you just said. But then on, on more of a flat, you know, say they have a, a long stretch of fire road or something that's more flat, they're going to maybe loosen it back, you know, and that's what's really cool about these LI2s is you can precision increment it in either direction. Um, and, you know, it just, there aren't trail shoes out there that have these, these dials and definitely ones that don't have two with these dials. <laughs> so, you know, there, it's just, it's very unique. And, um, you know, if you're a cyclist and you're in the road cycling scene, you'll, you, you know, you'd be familiar with, uh, uh, people will be familiar with these, but we think, uh, to what you said, the fit is a huge component of, of a successful, uh, trail run shoe for sure. Yeah, we long, long believed that better fit is better performance. If you're not slopping around, if your toes aren't banged up, if you're not worried about, you know, that shoe rolling over, uh, then you can focus on the performance, you know, not your shoes. And that's really what we're trying to do, I think, is just, you know, disappear and give them the ultimate confidence that whatever they need, it's there. And I think the piece too about ultras is like certainly with heat and with foot swell and all that stuff, I mean, like, there's there's one time I actually mm-hmm. cut the toe box off my shoe because I was my my feet had swelled I didn't anticipate it but um you know I was wearing the size ten and a half that I normally wear and it was like got my foot swelled to like eleven and a half or something and I just literally had to cut it open because there was no way I was going to finish that race but um it seems like that obviously is a good option here to adjust both um you know snugger or looser maybe during a race as well yeah absolutely yeah. um. Yeah. So, so obviously this is a, this is a, a piece of equipment, right? We, we talked about like different sports. I think that like, you know, the notion of, you know, different skis, even for a slalom course or, you know, the ability to tune them. I, certainly that's kind of a parallel here in some ways. I think certainly mm-hmm. uh, different mountain bike tires or, you know, different, uh, you know, you, you can adjust shocks and everything else. It seems like this is the first real piece of, of equipment that you can adjust uh, for running. I mean, obviously mostly we've just laced up our shoes and gone out to, to, to race or to run, you know, whether it's on the roads or not, but it seems like this is certainly breaking that mold, but obviously there are parallels to other sports, maybe which you guys obviously have keenly been aware and, or, you know, um, in speed hack, uh, kind of created on your own, but it, it seems like this is something totally unique. Uh, you know, is it, is going to be intuitive for trail runners to understand this, or is that part of your process to like, you know, Hey, we're doing this, but you have to kind of have some, kind of, uh, education moments to say, Hey, here's, here's what you can do with this. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, that's a good point you bring up. I mean, I think there is going to be, it, it all depends on what we've found so far, I would say, is it all depends on the, on the athlete. Yep. Um, some of our, some of our athletes, it's very, in, you know, intuitive. I mean, it, they're almost no education required, honestly, like we put in front they get it right away, but other athletes we have, it's required definitely more, um, going through it, talking about it. And, I think it also depends on what um, maybe, like you said, like there's other products in your life that um, you you're kind of familiar with this idea, and whether that's uh, mountain biking or or skiing, or um, if you're no, you're totally different. But if you're in, into cars and stuff like that, um, 
the, there's these parallels. And so, you, you know, you might get the product um, a lot easier also if you have those other products in your life. And we do think there's a lot of trail runners um, out there who are into mountain biking or into skiing or into these other sports where it is just going to be almost like a natural extension of their other equipment. Um, but we're not, um, we're also not foolish that it's going to take some education on our part and education across the industry. It's, it's new. And anytime you do something new, um, it takes a bit, it's a, there's always a learning curve. So, yeah. And it's hard, it's hard to, to educate, you know, I think anybody who's been in this business knows that getting somebody to, change behavior or do something differently is inherently difficult. And we, we want to ride that line where you can take the shoe and wear it like a normal shoe if, if that's your thing and you don't want to deal with anything else. But if you have that kind of inclination to tinker and you want to customize it, you have specific ideas, then, then the door is open. So, you know, we'll, we'll take our time with that education. We don't want to, it's a reason we're not going to, you know, enter the market and say, Hey, here's five different plate stiffnesses, pick the one you like and here's three different midsole hardnesses. Yeah, I think it would yeah. just be overwhelming. So, you know, the shoe is packaged as it is, as a, a great combination of those things. But if we hear from consumers that, Hey, I'd like to buy a stiffer plate, or I'd like to buy that softer plate, then, you know, we'll start to listen and we'll, we'll adjust those things. But, you know, we're opening the door to see how far consumers really want to go with this and, and how much of a difference it makes to them. Sure. Um, uh, but along those lines, obviously, it, it is a next level of, um, uh, of detail, obviously, uh, for that runner to understand and also also probably to yeah. sell it, too. So I guess talk about your sales strategy. You know, um, would this be at a retail store or, or a number of retail stores or purely online with obviously the, the content you're going to create to explain it? Um, uh, I mean, I'm certainly yeah. we know that like there, there will be athletes around the world. Who go, Oh, that's what I want. And yet, yeah. in, in your in Portland, <laughs> you, you, in your best running stores, there's still people like, oh, I, I just want a trail shoe, right? And so there's obviously a wide range, yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, but talk about kind of how it's going to be sold. Yeah. Uh, you want me to talk or you want to talk? Well, I mean, it's going to be direct to consumer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, the wholesale model for this, we think, is just not really appropriate. You know, this isn't a shoe you just walk up to a wall and say, I want to try that on. I think it requires a little bit more. Um, you know, understanding what's going on as, as we've been talking about, there's a fair amount in there. So, you know, it kind of needs to be that consumer who's seeking it out and, and finding it. And we think direct is, is the best way. We're going to be limited to the U.S. at the beginning, although we, you know, fully recognize there's, you know, a huge market opportunity in, in Europe. There's a lot of great things happening there. We'll get there. Uh, we're just, you know, being a small company and, and doing this uh, as a self-funded uh, two guys, we want to be slow and deliberate and, you know, we're willing to leave, I guess, a, a little demand out there. You know, we, we believe that that scarcity model can work. So we want to, you know, people to, to find us. We don't want to be invisible, but we also don't want to pretend like we're going to be, you know, the next North Face or something like that. That's not who we are. That's not what we're trying to do. Yeah. We're trying to serve, serve this mountain athlete in the best, uh, most authentic way that we can. And, you know, we know it's a small community. We've already seen, you know, we <laughs> talk with our athletes and talk to another person and they've already heard about us because of, you know, being such a small world. And, and that's the kind of stuff that we, we do want to happen, happen organically, happen naturally. But we're not, um, you know, interested necessarily in trying to get into an REI. It's just not the right, right place for us. You know, so sure, direct sure. consumer USA focus and yeah, maybe, we'll, we'll maybe grow when yeah, we we'll, can. we'll grow when we can. And I, I don't think we're opposed to. You know, there's obviously some great running um, running stores out there. Uh, yeah. You know, more independent running stores, and so uh, it, when the opportunity presents itself, we'll we'll definitely take that into account for sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I imagine, imagine uh, certainly you could do, uh, you know, even in speed hack, you could probably create this company, right? And like show everyone like with a great speed hack show or something like that, or something that obviously you guys are accustomed to doing, but I imagine you'll be having <laughs> the ability to reach people, uh, directly, um, as the influencers you are, you know, I mean, like there's, it's funny because you guys are obviously legit, uh, core footwear guys, obviously with years of experience, but also you, you've got this other thing, which, you know, uh, there's plenty of influencers out there who have kind of done things that have taken off, but you guys are kind of the opposite. You were 
legit first then became like this cool tv show or youtube show but i, I imagine you can put out a fun a fun show and actually show this being launched right yeah i, I should that, i think we will i think we'll do something <laughs> like that i mean you know we're not we're the opposite of influencers you know we're just kind of footwork geeks and you know we we did the show as purely a passion project while we were in the penalty box from under armor and, <laughs> right right you know it was a great thing for us though coming from kind of that corporate world where we just we got further away from that hands-on stuff than I think we wanted to, or or put another way, getting back to it was really rewarding, you know, and, and getting a chance to cut into feedbacks foams and supercritical foams and taking these shoes apart and really, you know, getting a deep dive into what's happening in the space. You know, it's not even a competitor. We were just wanting to see everything. Sure. And uh, you know, we we learned a ton. And that was a great lesson for us that, you know, no matter how many years you've got in this industry, there's always so much to learn and, and be inspired by what other places are doing and new materials and so on. So, you know, it definitely carried into Speedland, um, even though Speedhack was just, you know, kind of a, a passion project of ours. It, it, so much of it crosses over. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But it's, it seems like, uh, you know, obviously when you guys were in the corporate world of footwear design, obviously there's a serious set of shackles um, probably in every department that comes to you when you're coming up with a shoe idea or there's a shoe that needs to be developed or even, even revised. Right. I mean, like it's color, it's pricing, it's uh, you know um, how many we're going to produce. I mean, it seems like this has been a cool thing for you guys relative to, even though there are probably your own restrictions, you're not tied to that bigger corporate restriction that maybe uh, has been a part of your careers all the way through. Right. Forever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, forever. I mean, I think, well, I mean, that's in really, I mean, that's the core of, of why we, started speedland <laughs> it's like let's let's do what we've always wanted to do, do in, the, thing, right? in the space that we've always wanted to do it and and see you know kind of see, see what comes of this so you know that that really i think you you, you hit the head there and then the nail on the head because i mean that is literally what what got us going is like let's let's really do this and uh you know just required taking that leap have you guys heard of beam stop whatever you're doing and listen to this Beam is a CBD company that's making waves in the wellness industry by offering products that combine THC-free CBD with other high-quality ingredients. It was founded by two ex-professional athletes with the idea that everyone should have the chance to experience what better feels like. Whether you're sore or stressed, CBD can be a key to recovery and self-care. The Dream Drink is a bedtime blend of sleep-enhancing vitamins, minerals, nano-CBD, and more. When mixed with warm milk or hot water, it makes a guilt-free, sleep-inducing, delicious cup of cocoa without any calories or added sugar. Try Dream today with a special offer for all our fans. Visit beamtlc.com and use the promo code KIXOLOGY for 15% off. That's B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com with the code KIXOLOGY for 15% off your next order. Beam partners with many elite runners, including Sarah Hall, Alexi Pappas, Dominique Scott, Gwen Jorgensen, Colleen Quigley, Molly Seidel, and Emily Infield. Getting back to manufacturing, so so obviously if it's direct to consumer sales, uh, is there a just-in-time manufacturing kind of concept? Meaning like, uh, you know, if people go to runspeedland.com and they order their size, um, I guess maybe how long will the, the um, delay be till they get it? Um, or do you have a certain number you're going to manufacture ahead of time? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. This is not. A, I mean, we have a certain number we're going to make ahead of time. Okay, we are going to uh, take orders in June yep. and deliver in August. Okay, um, but we've already pre-planned all those out. So, and once the SLPDX is gone, it's gone. Yep. <laughs> so this is not a. This is not a. We're going to make more. This is not chase pairs. Make more. Like this is like. Then we move on to the next um, next story. Uh, you want to talk about that uh, storytelling? Something else coming up? What's going on? Yeah, we can get into it a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about our, our our I guess I would say our business model of how we're approaching things. Yeah, why don't you, you talk about? It well, and I'll jump. It's in. just a little bit different than because you, you started mentioning sort of that seasonality and the colors and materials and. You know, that was another aspect of, of the business that I think we ultimately just didn't buy into, I guess, at the end of the day, when you find your team having to re redesign a product, for instance, that it hasn't even hit the market yet. So you really don't know right. what that product's doing well or what it's not doing, yet here you are sitting there trying to redesign. It's just kind of silly. Yeah. 
and new colors every six months. And, you know, there's, there's some great stuff that happens in that space, especially in lifestyle and culturally, but from a performance standpoint, it's kind of fluff, you know, it's like what matches my outfit. I don't know. We, we think of it that way. And so we wanted to change it a little bit and do it differently. Like it's our company, right? Let's, let's do it different. Let's do it how we want. And so the idea is let's, take the shoe, the same, the same shoe, but do a different, um, build based on an athlete and the region that they live in. So we're working with one of our athletes now to say, okay, what plate stiffness and what midsole hardness and yeah, what material and color, of course, but personalizing it for them, personalizing it for their region. What's the terrain? Yeah. How many lugs are we going to trim? Are we going to leave them along? And, and, and then when we have that build, it will be through the lens of that athlete and through telling the story of that region. And we'll, we'll do storytelling around that and why the commission is the way it is. And we're calling, we like that word commission because it's not just like fall, winter 22. We built this massive amount of shoes and we hope we sell them. It's not just a colorway. It's, it's a commission. It's built with purpose, with intent, and it's built for someone. We, we borrowed that from Singer Porsche, which is a very high end tuning company for Porsches. And each project they do is, you know, just uh, all the attention to detail and it's built for a very specific person in a, in a state or a city and the, they call it a commission. And so we kind of wanted to poach that idea and, and bring the idea of these commissions as something a little more special than just another colorway. So yeah. today's point, the, the PDX is our first commission. We're not really necessarily using that language at the kickoff. It's like we're launching the brand and, and here's it's inspired by Portland and I guess, you know, by us developing it here. But the next one will tell a story of an athlete and, and a region and why the build ends up. the way Everything is athlete centric, I okay. guess, at the company. So you have to think like everything. So the, the whole company revolves around the athlete, um, including the product. So it's a it's a different, definitely a different way of looking at things for sure. I like that a lot. It's certainly it's refreshing and it's unique and it's also obviously very authentic at its core. I mean, I think that um, plenty of brands use athletes uh, to different levels, um, some good and some just lip service. But obviously, I think that when athletes have had input to development of shoes, um, either a specific shoe or a line, certainly we, we, we know that if that's if that's uh, held to be true throughout um, development to production to, to final product, I mean, we know that like those are often yeah, you can see that you can you can sense that right, especially in trail because um, over the last twenty years, so many brands have gotten into trail and they've come either from their heritage of a boot brand or a running shoe brand. But I think listening to you know the athletes who are out there feeling that in those those, those small little ridiculous things, some of the, where you talk about about how your foot rolls or how the terrain's different or this part's sloppy. I mean, like those mat those things matter a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that athletes experience that every single day in in a way at the at the front end of the you know the razor's edge, meaning like. They, they know that and they, they know how that impacts their performance. You know, most, yeah. you know, people that buy an REI shoe and again, nothing against REI shoes, but like those, those trail runners are maybe are not experiencing all that out of their product. Just, just as a normal skier wouldn't, wouldn't feel the sensation of a, of a ski boot or a certain tune on a, on a ski. But I think that certainly yeah. the athletes uh, play a big role in that. I think certainly that's um, if, if done right and if integrated well, that's that's where authenticity really kind of uh, reigns true in shoes, which, which also right. is hard, hard to do in a, in a big corporate brand, too, though. Well, yeah, yeah that's is. what I was going to say is like we're, we're getting really hyper specific about what we want. Right. And so let's say, what uh, you know, when we do the, um, the the California Commission, let's say, and we partner with one of our athletes down there, um, it's going to be really specific to that region, which is great. Um now, on the flip side, if you're at a big brand, you would say, but I need to sell, you know, that same shoe in the Northeast. You know, it's like, well, actually, we don't want you to sell it in the Northeast. Like, it's made for the conditions in California. So, <laughs> like, we're not going after that athlete there. So, because we're doing these, say, more focused uh, runs of, of, of pairs, um, we can really get after it and be really specific and be purposeful and not, you know, make this generalist shoe. That, that you put everywhere in the world and it's like, oh, yeah, that's supposed to be the same shoe at UTMB that's going to be at, uh, you know, Western, that's going to be, you know, at all the different trail races around the world. It's like, no, that's not the same shoe like that. You're not supposed to use the same. So we're just we got, we're, we're trying to kind of change that idea, I guess. Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of a lot of. Uh, 
sports equipment has become semi-customized. I mean, I, I have a pair of skis from this guy, Wagner, uh, Wagner skis, and they, yeah. they, they built it exactly how I wanted it based on, um, <laughs> on, on, you know, not only the length and the width of the core and, and kind of how it flexes and like how it flexes yeah. on, on the kind of skiing I do. And I think that certainly, <laughs> you know, custom golf clubs or, uh, golf grips have been around forever. Um, and people pay, you know, good money for it. So people, you know, certainly are interested in, in that performance, you know, even if the small part of each of these audiences, I think certainly that's that's kind of a, certainly a trend. Um, people want to get the most out of their sport based on how the equipment works for them. It seems like that's that's a brilliant thing, obviously, relative to even though what you're creating is obviously going to be pretty exclusive. I, I imagine you're going to get people that are going to say, "Hey, man, I, what about the trails here or there?" Like, and they're going to probably, you know, you're going to have it's going to be too much maybe right away. But you're going to get overwhelmed with people saying, "Build me a shoe," right? Yeah, that's we good. Well, <laughs> but I think you know what we can do is, you know, offer our product and suggestions, you know, for what they can do to to tailor it themselves too. So you know, the trimming of the lugs is something that I think people get a little scared about the first time they do it. But once you get the idea, and and we're finding people who do have problems with mud, who live in Southeast, who are dealing with clay and this kind right. of mud right. season, they know what they need to do to open those lugs up to get it to clear. And, and that chance to actually do that on a shoe is being sort of, uh, you know, they're, they're really stoked on it. So, you know, it, it's going to be regional. It's going to depend on the athlete. Um, and, you know, we're here to work with them to make it, especially with our athletes, you know, make it whatever they need. That's what we're here for. And I was going to mention earlier, there's such a trust factor in this whole process. You know, when you are dealing with athletes, elite athletes, they're trying this product and we're, we're telling them how great it is. And they're, you know, maybe we've just met, you know, it's not a <laughs> instant thing where they're just like, oh, sure. I totally trust you. I'm going to go run 30 and I'll be right back. You know, it's like, it's kind of a dance and, and we've had to kind of go through that. And once you, once you break through, I think that's, that's where the magic really happens when we're getting feedback on millimeter heights and things like that. We're like, okay, now we're finally getting to, you know, the real meat of the things. Cause that's what it comes down to is, you know, it's those little, that little details and listening to your athletes. And, you know, we hope that new product ideas come out of these relationships, but I think you see in this industry, anytime kind of the product moves the needle, there's an athlete and a, you know, a team or a designer that are, you know, have a trust relationship going on, you know, look at Jordan and Tinker. There wasn't sure. just a casual relationship there. Right. Or you look at any of those great stories, right. there's, sure. there's a trust in there too. So, you know, that's part of our process as well. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned athletes several times. Obviously there's a lot of great trail runners in Portland uh, that run obviously Forest Park and, and all the great things over at Hood River. Uh, uh, talk about, uh, maybe if you can, like kind of how the athletes have played a role. I mean, uh, do you have any athletes, um, elite level athletes with you, or is it uh, a lot of just really core athletes that have been, uh, kind of working with you? No, we can talk about it. Um, yeah, we'll, we can go through a, a few. So, I mean, we have, we have athletes, I would say spread, we have obviously some in, in Portland, but we have athletes spread throughout the, uh, U S that we're working with. So, um, just go through some of them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Amelia Boone, who you might be. Yep. She's yep. Uh, she's out of Golden, Colorado. So Amelia, um, I would say, really, um, really got famous from obstacle racing, um, you know, through the years of all things. But she's also, you know, a really high level elite ultra runner. Um, and so partnered with her and she's um, she's testing the product and, and running some upcoming races soon, but I won't get into those races right now. Right. Um, and then um, Don Reich Reichelt, uh, he's out yep. of uh, Fair Play, Colorado, if you know Don. Um, I know Don so, well, you know, yeah. Don's another elite ultra ultra guy. Um, he's, he's really, uh, you know, he's got his sights set on, uh, I don't want to speak for Don, but sights set on winning uh, Leadville. So that's going to be pretty, uh, pretty exciting. And he's, he's done a ton of testing in the shoe, um, for us and uh, it's a lot of uh, great insights. So he's great. Um, and then, uh, Liz Canty out of the Southeast, uh, she's a, a lead ultra runner, um, has run races all across the U S but also races in Europe as well. Um, she's given us a, t a ton of insight as well. And again, you, what you'll see, uh, you know, a common thing like we've been talking about is different parts of the country, different regions, different trails, because we want all that feedback. We want to know what's working where um, so we can tune it um, accordingly. Um, I can keep going. Uh, 
Dean Carnassus. <laughs> some, some, some good names you're rattling off here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe you've heard of him. Uh, <laughs> so he's, um, you know, he's, uh, obviously, uh, elite ultra runner, but also, um, a ton, obviously a ton of experience adv- advisor, uh, for us as well on yeah. things. So, um, he's on board, he's testing it. Uh, keep going. Liam Lonsdale. Liam Lonsdale. He's down in, uh, down in the Bay area. And, uh, Liam is not only a very fast, uh, very fast runner. Um, but he's also, um, kind of an an amazing photographer as well. So, you know, a part of what we do is obviously all based in performance, but there is a, uh, creative side to us and creative side to what we do too. So we love, uh, pulling in people that, uh, also kind of have that creative side, uh, going on as well. So, Liam. Um, and then we have some local athletes, uh, that are, you know, on board, um, in Portland, um, some that are more trail based, some that are more road and trail based that are testing it. Um, so I won't go into, you know, all the uh, athletes here, but, um, that kind of gives you a sense of, of what our, uh, athlete team, I guess, looks like and, and how we're really committed to the athlete and looking at the entire country. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, like, obviously it means too, that you've got some athletes, especially with the elite ones, uh, that are willing to, or interested, uh, and trust you guys, um, relative to, you know, uh, again, if Don's going to run Leadville, for example, uh, obviously he, he could have other shoes. Right. And like, he's, he's wearing yeah. uh, Speedland because obviously he believes in it. So that's cool. Well, I think, yeah. And, and I mean, what I, I guess I'd say about Don is he's, he's one of those athletes that really, um, is in tune with, uh, what he wants and testing it and, um, won't go too deep, but just the idea that he ran a 50 K on the salt flats with this shoe and tuned it to win that race. And he will take the same shoe and tune it a different way, uh, for Leadville. So that shows you the versatility of being able to go win a 50 K on the salt flats with this, where you might normally take a road shoe, but he tuned it and then, changed out, made a, a stiffer plate, did different things. And then he's going to take the same shoe and run it in Leadville. There's no other shoe on the planet so that you can do that with, um, with two divergent races uh, like that. So that maybe tells the story, you know, tells the story by itself. It was a good, <laughs> it was a good validation for us anyway. And, you know, we just need to kind of continue that push and get people to be kind of aware of you know, where the bookends are that it's, yeah, it's a trail shoe that can do a lot of things, but which, you know, the, the, the salt flat win was pretty surprising even for us, you know, to be able to do it <laughs> that way and working with great partners like Carbotex who have, you know, Hey, we can, we can go up there. They're just a few hours away and we can work with them on flex properties and stiffnesses and dimensions just like that and, and get them to our athletes. So being able to have those kind of relationships, with the partners and the athletes and, and get them the sp- very specific things that they want has been really rewarding. And, and I think we can do it at, at some scale too. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. I'm, I'm super intrigued by all that. And I think the adjustability is a cool thing, especially in a course um, like a lead bill, which has different sections of both mountain and more flatter kind of trail um, mm-hmm. uh, that you can adjust even in aid station by aid station, right? You could, you could, uh, you could right. change, change your ride a little bit based on kind of what you're going through right then, as opposed to the, the overall course itself. Yep. That's true. Yep. <laughs> and I think, you know, having run, run Leadville, I would ask for a special pair that has like a vibrating foot massager in it because that would be uh, beneficial for me. <laughs> but I'm sure that'll be next. Right. That'll, that'll we'll be down. Some notes maybe maybe that. Don's listening. Maybe yeah. 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 that's the request um, we're going to get. So let's, let's back away from this and let's <laughs> talk about shoes in general. I think that uh, certainly, obviously, uh, road shoes, trail shoes certainly have been emerging and, and changing, you know, uh, for as long as we've all been in the industry. You know, every time we get to something, we, you know, we, we got to a point, you know, where there was all these minimalist shoes 10 or 12 years mm-hmm. ago. And then you saw new brands come out with more foam or more, you know, we saw the rise of like, say, a, a Hoka or a Newton. And all of a sudden, On came out with their own thing. And I always ask people like, uh, is this is this the, the epitome? Are we at the, at the peak of this or uh, are running shoes, footwear, is, is it always going to be emerging based on the creativity, the materials, I mean, like running has not changed in 10,000 years, right? But it seems like running shoes continue to change even like mm-hmm. as we speak, you know, even in the last five years, it seems like um, it's, it's kind of a unique mix because running, humans still run the same way, but obviously footwear uh, has changed considerably. 
God, it's such an interesting yeah. cycle to watch. I mean, we were just just talking about that. How you know things in this industry tend to go in five to seven year cycles, and you know, minimalism came along, and um, it was everywhere. Nike Free was everywhere. Vibram Five Fingers caught on. Um, you know, New Balance. There were a bunch of brands that had pretty good shoes in that space. We'll say. Um, but we mentioned it earlier too, the education part lagged so far yeah. behind. And I think the book Born to Run um, became so big that that people just thought, well, running barefoot's the way to not get injured and not really realizing that actually there's a many months process that you should get into to develop your strength and before you just go run in, in those products. And so, you know, there's a little bit of backlash maybe, but now we're coming to, you know, we've been in maximalism for a little while here and, and super high energy return foams, carbon plate combinations that have completely changed the game. And, you know, that, that kind of stuff, geeks us out you know we're stoked when we see footwear that's making a measurable performance effect on a, on a sport i mean that's that's amazing and i think uh nike could charge 500 dollars for that next percent and they'd get it you know right, it's right. a it's a known difference maker yeah. and you know to me they they subsidize it with with a bunch of other stuff and they they sell it where they they want to but um, it really is, I think, in, in that way, a piece of equipment for the road and could be priced al almost anywhere. But, you know, I, I, to answer the question, it, it won't stay here. It'll continue to evolve. You know, material sciences are, you know, a huge part of what makes footwear accelerate and getting carbon and PBAX foams together. They've both been around for a long time, but put together that way in a system hadn't been done and they found a, a magic and um, some of that's now translating into sprint spikes. So, you know, I think it's going to continue to evolve where stack heights go and what materials are used. Who knows? I think we'll continue to see carbons and engineered plastics, but um, you know, I don't think we can sit here and say like, this is going to be, um, the way it is forever. It'll, it'll surely, no. it'll surely go somewhere. We'll, we'll go into another cycle, you know? So like we said, if this is the energy cycle and then, Hey, I mean, a lot of what we're doing is, you know, tuning and adaptation. So maybe, maybe we've started the, uh, the adaptation cycle. I don't know. It takes, it takes, it takes a lot of other, uh, industry players to, to make a cycle happen, you know, but, right. uh, but you know, this, this whole idea of adaptation, I mean, it, it's, there's something there and it's, we're probably at the, just the beginnings of that, you know, yeah. honestly. So. Yeah. And a lot of it is timing. I mean, if you think about like mm -hmm. when Hoka came out, you know, I remember when uh, Jean-Luc and Nico came to me, I'm like, no way guys. He's like, you know, I didn't get right. it, you know, then I ran it and mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, okay. And like, it's time. Everything else was low to the ground and minimalist. And um, certainly next to that was then the, the, the next several years of the advancement of foams. And like, it's interesting that, yep. you know, boost was one of the first kind of next gen foams. And now boost is like, Kind of like uh, an old thing for 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 Audi because they're just uh, they've, they've gone into new foam. So it seems like it's it, it is always evolving, but it does have to do with timing. And maybe for this, I mean, for Speedland, I mean, like this couldn't have happened twenty years ago. I mean, uh, no, and maybe not even ten years ago. It probably had to do with the right timing of um, you know the evolution of the sport, the evolution of other footwear. Certainly, your own personal evolution, right? Um, yeah, to have, to have all these things come together. Yeah, that's how that's how it works. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're it definitely we'll take all the serendipity we can get, but you know, just people spending more time outside, people getting more into running through the pandemic, those were things you know that are on the plus column, I guess, of the last year, year and a half, um, in terms of people getting outside more, maybe be more open to this kind of product. Made it a little harder, slower for us to develop it, but if it means the market shifts a little bit in our favor, we'll absolutely take it. Uh, maybe the last thing for now is. Um, <clears throat> Certainly, Speedland, Speedland is, is launching right now. Trail running focused is, is Speedland a platform that can be something else. Um, you guys have been in all different types of footwear. Um, <laughs> is, is this just the start of something bigger? I mean, I, we know we know trail running certainly desperately needs this or can use this kind of acute um, kind of development. But knowing your your background, obviously you've been in a lot of footwear. Other uh, other types of footwear and or can Speedland be something that's that's also something else? I mean, is this just the start of something big? Um, well, I mean, of course it could, I, I, I think first and foremost, like we just want to ground it, you know, outdoors, nature, trail, um, that's, that's where we're focused, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, I think we'll always be a performance mountain company. Now, if we do a different, do we do a different type of trail shoe or a 
I don't know, something else. I, I don't think you're going to see us get into a basketball shoe. I don't think you're going <laughs> to see us get into a cross training shoe. Like that's too far outside of what we no. want to do. We've done those kinds of products before, but you know, we're, we're on this mountain consumer. People want to move fast in the mountains. I think we're the, we're the brand for them. Do we get into apparel? Probably not. You know, there's, there's small companies doing that already, you know, sure. and yeah. unless we felt like we could do something different and better yeah. in apparel, in packs, in, in anything, I, I don't think we'd do it. You know, yeah. there's some great players in the apparel space. And honestly, as soon as we start making apparel, it, it closes the door for us to do collabs with some of the great apparel brands that we might want to. So you know, we're going to be careful and deliberate. We're going to, you know, stick with this platform for, for a while until we you know, establish ourselves as a business and we'll see what our athletes say. You know, if they're coming to us saying, Hey, I'm missing this in my quiver or could you help me make this better? That's what we're here for. Um, but right now I I wouldn't say we don't have a line plan out five years that includes getting into any other categories. Okay. And then maybe the, the last question, the most pressing one, will speed hack continue? Speed hack will will uh, come to its close here I fairly think, soon. Maybe I, it'll live in a in, a in an education uh, realm. We've you know as as it's developed, we've had a lot of interest, and we've actually done some partnerships with some different uh, universities. So um, speed hack is really you know of course we love it for for what it is, but it's also a very effective um, teaching mecha- mechanism um, within different classrooms um, at the university at the. It could even be at the high school level, honestly, but definitely within the the college uh, university level because it changes people's process. So, you know, we would love to see it continue there and and keep the door open. But as far as uh, you know, seeing seeing us <laughs> on a, on on YouTube, that that will probably have to come to a, a close here uh, pretty soon. Well, you, you'll you'll be busy uh, launching and promoting and, and continuing this yeah. yes. yeah. brand. Okay, well, it's going to keep us busy. You got it. I've enjoyed Speedhack, and uh, I've enjoyed <laughs> talking to you, uh, Dave Dombro, Kevin Fallon. Thank you very much. Uh, obviously, from Shoe Geek to Shoe Geek, it's exciting. I'm super stoked for you guys. And uh, thank you, thank you, everyone out there. Go to Run Speedland. Um, since we're beyond June 15th already, it's already launched. It's out there, and certainly. <laughs> Uh, it'll be exciting to see kind of what's next. I mean, I'm already intrigued. I mean, certainly I'm going to, you know, uh, check it out, but I, I think certainly like, yeah, what, what you come up with next is, is kind of the cool part of this, this whole new launch. So congratulations to you guys. And, and thanks for the great conversation. All thanks right. Thank much. you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to this episode of Kixology. A hearty thanks goes out to Dave Dombro and Kevin Fallon of Speedland. Please check out their new site at runspeedland.com for more details about their shoes. Please tune in every week as I talk to fellow running shoe geeks about all things running shoes, from old-time classics to next-generation kicks, carbon fiber racers, and what the future might hold. Also, look for a copy of my book, Kixology, The Hype, Science, Culture, and Cool of Running Shoes.